Welcome to the Artist Notepad, where we explore artistry, we talk life, and we talk boots with the fur, with the fur. I'm David. And I'm Jack. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of our Tan Artistry series with Tunnel Vision. Today, we're going to be joined by this energetic two-piece rock band, Tunnel Vision. But before we bring the fellas on, David, how are you doing? Yes. Jackamus, I'm doing fine, my friend. Another day, another dollar, as another the kids dollar. say on the streets. That's what they say on Cash the streets. Cash money lifestyle, cream. Cash rules everything around me. Yep, they still play that Wu-Tang Clan on the streets, on stereo speakers. Yes, they do. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> For sure. But I'm doing good, man. Busy That's lifestyle, good. but I'm enjoying this final leg of uni so yeah that's me how's your um a quick update which i don't think we haven't brought this back up but david your beard beard mixture serum yes i was actually waiting for you to bring this back up my beard journey jack it's um i still have faith it's (laughs) it's been it's been four weeks in so i'm about halfway in on the process i have um my mustache has grown in density but my chin hair is a bit lacking. So ideally, I think in four weeks, what I want to see is some goatee action and a bit more mustache, kind of like our guest today. But yeah. You look like you're you're lacking a bit of hair if you were going to try and turn this two-piece into a three-piece. But, um, you know, maybe maybe if you ask nicely, we never know. Yes, yes. But you've still got time. I think it's, what is it, 30 30 days or is, no. 30 more days, man. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Well, but yeah, I haven't been I, I shaving, can... just been applying that um, serum on my face daily. Daily. Um, it's, it's good, man. It's good times. But enough about me, Jack, <laughs> the stud muffin. How are you doing? I am good, thank you. Um, I I just thought I'd, I'd give a quick weather report for today. Mm-hmm. So today was very, very rainy. I don't know if, if that's a unanimous um, a event around, but it was raining a lot today. And so last night, I want to tell you a bit of a story. Last night, right? I'm in bed, you mm-hmm. know, lying in bed, mind, minding my own business, having my yes. Jesus dreams, dreaming of our, our sweet Lord Savior. <laughs> and amen, then all of, all, of a, all of a sudden, like the the very cheeks of heaven itself collapsed together in a massive thunderstrike, like literally right above my head. Um, okay, not literally, but wow. like figuratively. But it was so loud, right? It woke mm-hmm. me up into some like adrenaline-fueled rage, rolling around like a crazy man, um, thinking wow. that the world was ending. I was surprised that the lights didn't just go off in my house because I swear this was right above me. Like I woke up just- That's insane. With a bang. Um, it was pretty crazy. So I woke up this morning half expecting to see that the power's gone out because I always am losing power in my area. But mm-hmm. fortunate enough, we, we survived. But it was a crazy Thank storm, God. man. I, I'm pretty heavy sleeper at that stage of the night, but woke me up into, yeah, heart was heart was thumping, man. I was terrified. Yeah, man. In Thornleyville. It's Thornleyville. crazy out there in the streets. It's crazy out there in the streets. But I'm glad you're alive today, Jack, because we got some guests on that we need to talk to. So We do. We probably should introduce them at some stage. Um, but did you want to talk more before? No, I'm joking. So... <laughs> 
As we mentioned, this two-piece Tunnel Vision uh, put together by Joel Kellett, or Keelett, sorry, Joel, and Mitch Hawkins. That one's an easier one to say. They're a project of limitation, breathing creativity, using music as an escape from the misery of downtrodden Sydney. Their lives are full of excessive mean consumption, roaring guitars, groovy beats that move your feet, and they are thirsty for rock and roll. They're ready to change the game and I think that they've made a bold effort with their new single, Low, which has just come out a few days ago. Um, mm. And you're all invited to this this thirsty rock and roll show. So without further ado, I would be honored to welcome onto the show, Joel and Mitch, Tunnel Vision. Guys, welcome to the show. Hello. G'day, mate. How you going? Thanks for having yeah, us. We're good. Um, no so first off, I'd just like to clear up one thing. It's Joel Kellett. That's <laughs> See, how that's we what say I thought. Name. But I've always heard it's pronounced Keelett by probably Keel- just Keel- a oh, an interesting jerk. one. I, I haven't heard many people disguise it as Keelett. Uh, I don't know. I think one. people kind of... I don't know. I think everyone I think has their going... own pronunciation and it's different every yeah. time. But yeah. It's always fresh to hear whatever the next person comes up with. I, nice I, I kind of wish story. I had a last name that was a bit more interpretive. Like, I mean, everyone, you can't really mess Hawkins up unless you're from some foreign country and you don't really know how our language yeah, works. In, in that read. case, it'd be like Hawkins or something. Like, Americans would say, like, Hawkins, which makes yeah, the yeah, W sound like an R. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. How are you? Kellett's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've I've got the JAK name, so it, it draws a couple of questions yeah, myself. So sorry about true. that, Joel. I, I know how it feels. Jacques. Um But yeah, we're all doing. We're, we're, actually, I can't speak on behalf of David. I've, <laughs> I've made that mistake too many times already. <laughs> I'm good, thanks myself. Um, Excellent. Yeah, it's been a bit I'm of a grim too. day today, but um, David, yeah, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing pretty good. good. I have, I just had myself a nice bevy. I had a bit of acai and mm. feeling chill, feeling chill and ready for to discover more about tunnel vision. We've got our. What are you sipping on there, guys? Right here, so yeah, we've we've got our bevies all down pat. Nice, we've all got bevies. Um, who whose crib are you at, guys? Who's where are you shacking right now? We're at my house. We're at my house. Just just moved here a couple months ago around Epping. Um. I, I, I nice. love it. I think it's a, it's a cozy little house. I'm rooming mm. with two of my closest friends from high school. Um, nice. Yeah. They don't mind the noise. They're all kind of artsy and musically inclined people as well. So, And they're, they're good friends with Joel now. So that's that was really good. Awesome, man. Well, your new single, It what what was the... How many days does it come out now? Obviously, it will be a bit longer when people hear yeah, this. But from came today. out yesterday, which was... Friday yes, the 23rd. So it's almost sure. been out 48 hours. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I think mm. so. How are you guys feeling about the way it's been received? You you gotten much compliments, oh, criticism, yeah. that commentary? Yeah, I feel like um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it since it came out in terms of the reception from um, the other people because um, today filming this is the first time I've seen Joel since it's been out. Mm. But... From what it seems like from our friends, it seems like they really like it. It seems like people are interested mm-hmm. in where we're going to take things further next. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like people appreciate the more boppy kind of dancey vibe. Um, mm-hmm. And then some of our other music friends kind of appreciate the more detail we put into it in terms of production and um, trying to drive our sound forward towards our audience. So I think mostly yeah. it's been a positive reception. I don't know if you... I agree. I've had friends also in a similar vote saying, you know, 
they loved the production or they loved, you know, um, just all the, like, the really unique sounds that kind of make it blend together mm. and right. make it a really unique piece. But, um, nice. yeah, I think it's it's been pretty good so far. Very mm. happy with it. That's awesome to hear. Um, how does the production kind of split between you guys, if I may ask? Um, I think we, in terms of production, we each have our little studio corners in our respective homes. Um, there's, a, I think there's a bit more, in terms of coming up with sounds and arrangements and stuff, I feel like that falls a little more heavier on my side. But I think in mm. terms of coming up with like um, groove production and like, like suggestions for varying the beats and stuff. I feel like Joel is definitely on top of that. Um, right, in his area. Right. So it's not like a, it's like not like a split, but it's more like we just take up different roles in. Yeah. And that goes, that was with Mars. That was with teardrop masquerade as well. I feel mm. like um, we, just, we just kind of play to our strengths um, sure, and hopefully sure. the other can cover for our weaknesses, which is kind of what it is. What makes a band work yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Your, yeah. Spot on. How, is it, does that get a bit complicated at times? Obviously, if you are both doing production, are, are you sh- like working? Are you sending the session between each other, or are you both having separate sessions? So, what's happening? Mitch, <laughs> okay, so Mitch has like the main session, and so mo- like pretty much all the ideas he comes up initially, and he will send to me and be like, "Oh, like, what do you think of this?" And so right. I'll give him right. feedback and say, "Like, you know, this is cool. This is not cool." Um, most of what he sends is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, I have a habit, which I've been getting more and more people telling me recently of just chucking like literally every sound I can think of into a track <laughs> and right. like, I can send it to Joel and I think it's like the best thing ever. I'll think I'm amazing. I've got all these sounds in there. I'm just, yeah. I'm just the son of God. And then Joel, <laughs> Joel, Joel would just be like, man, you've chucked too many fucking sounds in here. Like um, a lot of the yeah. demos I hear, there's like 30 songs in one yeah. song. It's right. not a bad thing. It's just, we've got, you know, it's nice. Lots of- it's nice to have Joel to bring me back down to earth and be like, okay, mm, just take right. the core. Like, you know, and that's kind of a rule we, we try to follow. Like if you say, for example, you have like, you know, hundred different sounds, right? Like yeah. the top, 10 of those sounds are probably going to be like really, really good. So if you can just kind of focus on cutting it down to those like top 10 or top five, like that one or 2% of the absolute best sound you can and just present that, then it's mm. surely it's got to be like something pretty fucking good. So that's all that's we try it. and follow. It's easier said than done as you know, most concepts in art are, but yeah, that's something we try to follow. And that's something that we followed a bit more closely with um, this new release as opposed to our last few. Right. Really? That's it does interesting. Seem- Sorry, you yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go, go. Oh, oh, yeah, please, okay. Please. Um, I was I was just going to say that's interesting you say that, um, especially with this piece, because with this mm-hmm. piece, one of the things that I noticed is there's so much going on. There's like yeah. so many layers and everything. And there's lots of, I guess, beat changes in, mm. in certain sections. You've got so much, um, I guess, what your friends were talking about, your muso friends, about the, the intricacies in the production. There's a lot going on. And it, so it's interesting that you would say with this track. So was this track even bigger before you cut yes. it down? Then? This, this track, was at, was, point, this track yeah. was at a point where when we sent it to our mixer, the program that he used to mix it didn't have enough track slots for the tracks that we sent <laughs> for him to mix it. So we had to, I had to wow. work with him to like cut it down and, you know, really even get it more bare bones. Like I get what you're saying, like, especially in terms of, especially Mars, like back, back when we released that, we weren't really putting... Um, too many different like there were layers to it but there weren't as many as we have now mm. but it's just like 
it's something that we know like yeah low has a lot of layers in it compared to mars but compared to what we mm. know low used to be yeah yeah, yeah it's definitely sure. a lot more stripped down which is kind of mm. a scary thought it like is. it's pretty crazy <laughs> but um so yeah yeah simplifying and but oh, no, like being simple and complex is the idea sorry what'd you say um i was just wondering how did that process go with low when um like building it up and then stripping it back down was it a long process or did it happen all quite naturally well i think um a lot of the time mitch would send me like a session and then when we'd come over well when he'd come over for practice because we do probably majority of rehearsals at my place um so when we right. were workshopping the song and like first recording the drums and stuff i think a lot of it came down to he'd send me a bounce of the track and he'd be like you know what do you like about the track what do you not like about the track? And then from him coming over, we just go through it and be like, okay, I don't like this timestamp. I like this mm. timestamp. And it's sort of, um, I think the majority of it, we worked on it part by part. So it wasn't like a whole run through. Like there was never like a full set structure for the song. It was more just get this part right, get this part right. Sure, right. And, and yeah, like, edit those little mm. details and yeah so it was it was very thorough i think um but it came out with a good result at the end mm-hmm. so yeah I agree. nice is there a, is there a particular section in the song that you wish listeners could be like like could really appreciate like a part that you <laughs> you guys really put a lot of work into and be like i wish people noticed this oh, that's a really good question mm. um some for me in in songs like these, it's it's the real small kind of fleeting sections that, you know, can yeah. hold a lot of weight to them. So I think in the transition out of like the first chorus until the, the drop where it's like, take me down, spin me around. There's like a little like hi-hat drum. Oh, I was actually going to say that as well. Percussion <laughs> thing that we did. It, wow. only, it only lasts like Team two unity. seconds. But um, there's like, there's like what, 20 just different hi-hats. All it is is just a whole bunch of different hi-hats <laughs> just in a specific rhythm form. Right. And like I... It took a while like to put it in a way where it sounded really natural instead of just someone just scrolling through hi-hats on like a sample. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah, even though it only goes for two seconds, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the song. Right. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Did you have another section as well <laughs> other than that? The, no, the funny thing was I was going to say the exact same session because, sorry, section. Because uh, I like hit that on the sample pad live and I always love getting up to that part because it's always like super yeah, yeah. just tight yeah. and mm. just really, you know, really mm. pretty, I think. Well, I do want to ask how it translates to and how all your stuff translates to live performance. But before I wanted to, to say that, I also wanted, have you guys played Club Penguin? I have played Club Penguin. <laughs> I don't know about you. I I, I haven't. I, I fucking sent Club Penguin when I was in primary school, man. That was my jam, <laughs> wow. honestly. So you know, you know the the game uh, in the in the mines where you you go on the mine cart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. To me, this song feels like a soundtrack of the Club Penguin mine cart race. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I'm gonna take that as a fucking huge compliment. To be honest, that's great. <laughs> There's a lot of intensity. There's a lot of energy. And um, for those of you guys who haven't played this game, when you go around the corners, right, you have to sort of balance the cart so it doesn't tip over too far one way, right? <laughs> oh, and yeah, so that's right. it felt like 
through the intensity and it's like how um, the track at times feels like it's about to burst. It's kind of like on that edge. It's like, to, like when you're going around the corners. Shit and duck and, oh yeah, exactly. That was great. Tell memories, guys. Exactly. Mm. Have you played Club Penguin? Not really, no. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> me, me neither. I haven't played Club Penguin, but you guys are really vibing off the t- Club Penguin to yeah, Pop C. Really <laughs> I think I'm, I think they I think yeah. they brought Club Penguin to a, a close like a couple months ago. Yeah, I think, I thought they did too. I think they I think they signed it off. Yeah, but I mean, like it was definitely probably past its peak. But yeah, fucking happy with Club Penguin. Honestly. Not that I wasn't uh, still playing it or anything. I I, I just <laughs> saw an article. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Joel and I will check it out because we ha- we missed out on the fun after the post. But I'm yeah. sure there's like yeah, a bootleg possibly. version out there, which is offline. Probably, yeah. But yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, I was just about to say. For me, it sounded like it could be a soundtrack for like Scooby Doo, when like <laughs> Scooby Doo first, like just like the intro, like the theme song or something. If people, if it, it I don't know if it's still going on either. But if they hired you guys or like paid for that track to play, because there's this like almost like a spooky haunted mm. house feel mm. that I get from like near the start of the song, and then yeah, I'm like, man, this this really. I'm seeing Scooby Doo right now. That's how I felt. I feel yeah. like I feel like definitely you the, take that as a compliment. The intro to the song with the that like creaky piano, mm. like yeah. stutter yeah. bit definitely has at least the piano like timbre as well. Definitely has like a something you might find in like a haunted house. So I get the Scooby Doo mm. reference totally. Mm. Sick. <laughs> I'm glad you, that didn't offend you. Yeah, <laughs> man, like like that's the thing. Like you're when when we or like when any band kind of writes something and puts it out like the audience is you know however they interpret it is unique to each mm. different person and that's something that's kind of cool and you don't want to like force like oh no it's meant to sound like this it's like exactly it's like you yeah. want to tell you know we want the audience to come up with whatever they see in it you want them to kind of see themselves in it. Exactly. and that kind of that's kind of a really special thing mm-hmm. about being able to release music is yeah that's i i always say this to artists is that um if you're putting music out then don't don't pretend it's all about you because it's not. Mm. Otherwise, you would just make it and then keep it for yourself. If you're releasing it, then yeah. it's about what other people think. Exactly. And so you you have to embrace that as an artist. You have to embrace like how other people interpret it, your, your art and not be offended if it's different to how you originally envisioned, envisioned it. So it's cool that you... Joel, is that a similar like attitude you have towards audience yeah. interpretation as well? Definitely. Well, I've had so many releases now. And I've had Wow, go you. No, I'm joking. I, can't, I can't I can't put my finger on any like specific ones that were quite, you know, like left of field, like the Scooby Doo one. But I think there yeah. I think probably everyone has um probably some interesting opinions on on any on any yeah, given yeah. release really. So mm. yeah. and sure. I'm totally all about, you know, if you think it's kinda like that, then Go with it. Being you know? compared to Club Penguin and Scooby Doo for the same song is That's like what unique. other what other fucking band guys? <laughs> it's very unique. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. That's a great mindset to have, guys. Mm. Yeah, because this this track's so different to like your previous releases, like Teardrop Masquerade. That's like a lot more low key. Mm-hmm. You could you could say that fits so much better with like indie indie sounds. But mm. yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it's easier to put in a box, whereas this one, it's much harder to yeah. allocate a genre to it. Mm. What, what would you guys, yeah. if, do you guys care about that? Or if, like, would you try yes and put a label no. on this? Or like, just- like, we, 
it's good to know when someone's like, oh, hey, you know, you're in a band. What do you sound like? It's good to have something sure. that you can kind of roll off the tongue and, you know, because it makes you know, you, it lets people know you're a bit more confident in your sound and what yeah, you're yeah. trying to achieve. Um, I think the thing for us is that probably over the time that we've done a lot of our recordings, we've kind of listened to a whole heap of new and different music in between. And that's kind of, we've yeah. kind of seen a whole thing. It was like, whoa, whoa, that's really cool. So like, but back when we recorded Mars, yeah. we were listening to a whole lot of like, you know, indie rock and stuff. So we're like, oh, let's do this blues banger. And then a year later, we released Teardrop. And in that time, we had listened to a bit more like um, indie pop, like you said, kind yeah. of lower key stuff. And then started working on a lot more production elements too in that. And mm. that felt fed into Teardrop. And then from Teardrop to now, we've like kind of dug a bit deeper and found a couple more like experimental, like pop acts, hip hop stuff, more electronic based stuff. And that feeds yeah. into what we're what we're doing with Lowe's. So um, I, I kind of always ask, like to describe you just said hip hop. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I kind of always like to just describe a band as kind of like, you know, um, like a halfway house between like a rave and a mosh. Just because I feel like that one sentence mm, is best right. covers like, because we listen to a lot of music. And I feel like that covers a, a broader spectrum of mm, the influences sure. we have in our, yeah. in our tracks. That's awesome. I was just about to say, I have to ask, because you said hip-hop, what, what kind of hip-hop tracks were you listening to before oh, there's a this, right this came to this. fruition? Yeah. There's, I, I listen to a lot of old and new, so I like a lot of sample-based stuff. So anything right. from like, you know, Dilla to, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, stuff to now. So Dolan and I really like the, um, the more experimental stuff like Injury Reserve, JPEG Mafia, stuff along mm-hmm. those kind mm-hmm. of lines. You know, Scissor, um, Scissor. TK mm. Miser. Mm. That is um, a variety. Because we, we just listen to a whole, you know, we try and embrace modern day culture, I guess. Sure. Modern day music oh, culture. Sure. And, you know, if someone says like, hey, this is, you know, if you meet someone after a gig and they say, oh, have you heard this? And you go like, well, no, but I'll check it out. And you do check it out. It might be trash. It might be the best thing you've ever heard. But that's the best service you can do to the music community is like mm. start spreading stuff around mm. and you know broadening yourself and learning new things which we eventually start putting in our tracks sure exactly sure. spot on yeah so with this track um it does really like feel when you say a mosh meeting a rave this track i think is by far the best example of that in terms of what you've released so yeah. far um i was interested when it came to putting this piece together, has the was the process? Um, I guess was it was it quite fluid between you know putting in more of the rock elements and more of the the rave elements, um, or was it sort of the basis, the production, the spine of the track was put down first, and then you started laying guitars and vocals, or was it the other way around? What kind of process did you did you have when putting this piece yeah. together? So. At the end of the day, we got to remember that we got to eventually put this like onto a stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially if we're going to be releasing it as a lead single. That was our theory. So um, at the end of the day, Joel's on drums and percussion and then I'm on sure. guitar and vocals. So that kind of is the thesis that we take when we start um, start the basis for a lot of songs. Is that we're like, okay, these elements almost like have to be good before we start, you know, sure. working on you know, little bells and whistles and stuff that may eventually become also become core parts of the track. But like it, 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 
it wouldn't make sense if we, you know, skipped out on making sure the guitar and drums were great. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. Because then we just wouldn't do anything on stage. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Because I think you started with a guitar line. Mm, was the main intro riff. It was the, the main like intro riff. And from that, we sort of just ended up building lots of parts, lots of different mm. parts that kind of melded together really well. And I think probably guitar and drums are probably the two main elements, I'd say, that started off the track. Mm. you agree? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. And, um, and pretty much from that, we just like, well, Mitch got working on like synths and, and other things and just different melody lines that would work like over the top of all this stuff. Mm. So it essentially like started from us two being, you know, on our own primary instruments. But then from that, we sort of branched out and worked on other little parts, other little production bits. Mm. And it sort of was a natural kind of process from there on. Yeah, mm. I think it makes the, the song a bit more approachable as well. Like it's 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 a good case of like not showing all your tricks straight away. Like there are tricks we put out from because we want to be like, oh, this is a this is what we're doing, this is cool and exciting. But then like we gotta save a whole bunch of the cool moments for later in the song. Otherwise you might as well just have a song that's just the 30 second intro and that's it. Mm, yeah. It's interesting because um for me at least, um and maybe I need to give another listen now that you've provided that additional context but for me it, it almost felt like the guitars ended up being the supporting parts of the track and that mm. the production and the synths and the yeah. electronic drums really took over as the spine of the track really driving yeah. it forward would you agree with that or would you say that it remained the spine like the acoustic or not really acoustic but you know what i mean the more rock yeah, elements yeah, remained yeah. The like the i feel like i feel like i kind of second what joel said in the terms like it definitely starts with more of a drum and guitar feature. Mm. And then there's like a, a bit of a transition that happens where we start showing off a couple more sounds, a um, couple more little um, fun tricks that we had up our sleeve that we want to show. Um, mm. But it, the, the idea was to kind of blend them together and, you know, kind of have them favor in one part and then just support in another part and kind of sure, just yeah, yeah, yeah. play with that and flirt. We mightn't get it right, but... That's why we're going to do more songs in the future and try it again. <laughs> is this a sound that, because awesome. as we have said, it it has veered slightly away from a sound that you were, well, from your previous work. Um, is this something that you plan to experiment more in the future with? Yeah, I feel like, I feel like, we, like when we, when we had it finished, we were like, yeah, this is probably the best thing that we've written so far. And like yeah. Joel, Joel and I were like in full 100% agreement about that. So I think this is definitely... We're in we're in the eye of the storm with mm. with this one, and when I do our best, just keep whipping stuff up around this kind of idea, um, because it's fun doing a lot of this genre blending stuff, and mm. um, I feel like it's something that a lot of bands can benefit from, and just trying to take risks and make things exciting, and like like it might sound like total garbage, but I I had fun you know, mm. recording and making, I know Joel had fun playing, recording it and all that. So that's all we're here for at the end of the day. Hmm. Right. Yeah, that's it. That's sick. Jack, you were mentioning earlier um, before we threw some other questions at the two gentlemen here, but you were about to ask how this track would like 
translate mm. on stage because we know that you have a gig on in a couple of days time at mm. um lazy bones lounge if i'm right yeah um, that's, that's right that's right oh yeah yeah like how do like have you guys had a chance or you probably wouldn't have had a chance to play this mm. unless you showcased it like a exclusive play at a previous like gig or something but yeah how do, how do you guys feel about bringing this to the stage yeah there's a lot happening in this track in terms of the production um and I'm assuming, um, Joel, you mentioned something about some kind of sample trigger. I'm, I'm assuming you use some kind of pad, probably the SPD. Yeah. That's that's what's in these days. <laughs> that's um, it. That's it? All right. Yeah. Well, is, are the, a lot of the samples triggered there or is it more of a like hit and play kind of thing? You said that you were you were like triggering that individual hi-hat sample. So I'm guessing that it's a bit more complicated than that. What's the process when it comes to taking your tracks from a studio setup to a live setup? Okay, so pretty much what we do is we run a rig. So we have a laptop on stage that runs yeah. Ableton. And from that Ableton session, we actually have all our samples, sounds, everything that we need for a song on pretty much like the one track. And mm. so Mitch has this foot pedal board thing where he triggers keyboard sounds or like different patches that like come in through the track. Right. so he'll use cool. that. So he'll be playing guitar, singing, doing his usual stuff, but he'll also be playing essentially like keyboards and all those other like chord things, bass, a bit of everything with his feet. And I've got a sample pad on stage, which is also connected to that Ableton session. And right. from the Ableton session, it just sends MIDI to the um, pad. So yeah. whenever I hit the allocated pad, it'll play like a different sample. So right. for this new okay. one, I've got right. a few samples. Like I've got a few like claps, a few clicks, a few different sort of stuff. And then there's also just other loops. So like that hi-hat loop we were talking about before, I hit that and that plays like the whole loop. Yeah. So we're essentially not using backing tracks, but we're playing all like the different individual yep. parts yep. during the song. Yeah. Cool. So that... We actually um, got a chance to play it live last week. So we had a gig at um, at Factory Theatre for the oh, yeah. Sunday set right. listing they're running at the moment. And we actually managed to run it there and it went down really, really well. Like that was probably one of our best tracks that of the night, best ones of the night yeah. I'd say. Cool. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we had a run of it there and it went really, really well. So I have... It definitely <laughs> feels like a track. Sorry to interrupt you, Joel, but That's it definitely okay. feels like a track that would bring a lot of energy to a room especially you know like a, a cramped room which unfortunately we we don't have the luxury yeah. of having those these days but i'm sure we will soon but i'm sure when you pack a bunch of people into a room playing that that it will really um provide an energy that would translate in a almost like a almost unrecognizable way to a live setup versus a studio setup you know there's always mm. those mm. those tracks that just when they're played live they just add another dimension to them that um, when you yeah. listen to them, like no matter how much you like the song, when you listen to them on your headphones or at speakers, they just don't bring that level of energy that when you play it live, it just produces into a room. I, yeah. think, I think that's because like yeah. it it takes a lot of energy out of us to <laughs> yeah. to perform mm, sure, yeah. said track. Like, and it it like like Joel said, like there's sometimes think points in the track where we're doing two or three things at once, so it can get really crazy and like. Yeah. Joel's experience is more than anyone, but like this this Ableton session and I have 
a long lasting love hate <laughs> hard relationship like there's been m- many rehearsals countless rehearsals yeah even one just today where it's just things just don't work and there's problems that arise that mm. weren't there before mm. like um, i was gonna ask about that because if if there is so much happening when you guys are playing this live like it isn't just a backing track you're triggering almost mm. everything like both of you triggering things individually as well does stuff go wrong when you're trying there, to do so yeah, much at the same so time? There's so much room for, yes. for error. The more right. gear, and this yeah. is just with anything, I think the, the more gear and the more technical your yep. your set and your sound becomes, the more room there is for error. But that's not yeah. to say it's necessarily not worth doing because sure. like we said, like when it, it, t- it t- does take a lot of energy out of us, but the audience were heck, like they were extra reciprocated for it and like they made they made all the effort um in the lead up to building the session and making the samples work they made all that worth it Mm. um but it does take a lot of rehearsal it takes a lot of research like the amount of times i've just typed in a question to google about ableton or about samples or whatever and just go on forms (laughs) and try to figure stuff out and like dug to like page five or six of google which no one does no one goes to page five or six of google like wow, like that's really want to know google. that's that's, that's, that's no so that's just desperation but sometimes it takes a bit of that yeah. to try and get everything working um but i think sure. it also kind of buys into what we were saying before about trying to simplify but be complex at the same time like you can have a hundred sounds playing and think you're amazing but there's just at the end of the day, there's probably just too much for the audience to latch onto. So mm. we haven't, we don't play every sound from the track when we play okay. songs like low or teardrop, but we just play what we think are the core ones or, you know, the ones that stick out the most to an audience. Um, and they're the ones we focus on building into the, the Ableton session and performing live. Um, but it does, it does lead to some terrorizing <laughs> moments. Oh. Um, there's especially, um, at the most recent factory gig, we had a couple of songs, which just we pulled through like at the end of the day, we pulled through and the gig was fine and we had a fun time, but there was just some moments on stage where I was like, just considering just stopping. I was like, hang on, we need (laughs) to finish this. But it's, it's one of those things where I feel like you can practice all you want in your room, but then you can go on stage and you've just got to grit your teeth and just find a way through it yeah and just hope trust me i yeah. um i don't know if you boys remember but when i i was working at valve bar a long time ago um and array and you guys both played on the same night um right. and i remember there were a lot of issues that night and that tended to be at valve but we won't go there yeah. um <laughs> but like even even down to things like the power that people were connecting to they were getting buzz in their system and like um, all sorts of wow. different things like can can go wrong just when you try to take something from a really like nice safe setup of a bedroom to a grungy, dirty, greasy stage in a pub, mm. and just there's so many variables that can go wrong. So um, you, I'm sure you know this, but you you are mm-hmm. definitely not alone in that sense. Especially as things are becoming more and more digital, and people are trying to bring more and more um, synthetic elements yeah. to a live scenario. And wanting to play them live because that is exciting, that is cool, that is um, different to just hitting a backing track. There is something different about it. Um, mm. But yeah, it is interesting that that dynamic of risk taking versus just 
you know, clicking and playing. But it's taking and reward. Yeah, it's good yeah. to hear that you guys have a clear. Well, you you see, you have a clear belief that it's worth it to take that risk, even if you know there's some hiccups along the way. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I wanna I wanna ask this. So on the on the topic of risk taking and reward and like gigs, on a ideal and perfect tunnel vision gig day, what could fans and potential fans who are listening right now expect to see and like like if you were to just talk to them with your voice and instead of your performance what would you say mm. to them like so that's a really really loaded question i have to take a quick david you're coming through with that. the question it's a good today. question it's a good question it's just a lot of it's a lot of think about it. no one's ever asked a superior question yeah, man. we're I not gonna <laughs> ask you how you came up with your name and stuff like that i think i think what i would what i would like people to get out of it a tunnel vision show is uh, a sense of like on stage energy, but also a sense of um, like audience community as well. Mm. And so through yeah. performing, I try and talk to the audience as much as I can. There's some nights where I'm not as good as talking at others. Um, yeah. But I'll try and bridge kind of bridge that fourth wall, I guess. Um between like you know the stage and the people standing or sitting in the audience and you know like there's a difference between kind of going and watching your you know your legends play and them kind of feeling super on you know um ultimate to you and more superior to you and then there's there's also like the other side of that where it's like you can be really intimate in the same setting with Mm. people in the crowd and yeah. the the energy you put on stage and I think that's something that's really special especially at our level um, in terms of um, fan interaction and stuff like yeah like it's always yeah. fun even in the middle of a song just to kind of you know make eye contact with someone you know or like kind of For sure. banter between yeah. someone in the audience that you know and that's something that I feel like yeah. you don't get at every show you go to um, yeah I don't exactly know if sure. this is this fully answers your question but I think that's the answer i'm gonna give <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good you did a good job i also want to hear what joel what does, do you think alike or are you, you're like no nah, that's not what i think no oh <laughs> uh, i'm no i'm i'm kind of the same as well um the only thing i'll probably add is sure. one of the big aspects of our show that we've only kind of incorporated more recently is we have like you know how a lot of bands have like a walkout song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, for this last gig, we actually organised, um, you know, Bonkers by Dizzy Rascal. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually set that up as like our intro song, and as soon as it comes in, <laughs> like I'll walk out on stage, and then it usually like <laughs> at the last gig, it was really it was really entertaining because I had this big um, right f- like leopard print jacket thing on and no shirt yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> I saw your Instagram actually. I was doing that tan stalk and I saw that. Yeah. It's impressive. And it's it impressive was stuff. it was really, really hype. And I think right. I got probably the biggest cheer I've ever gotten in my life. Like, so, yeah. From walking on stage. Um yeah. but for future tunnel vision gigs we're gonna be doing a similar thing where we have like either like some an iconic other song generation or some yeah. other sure. kind of big song mm, to cool. walk onto. And what we do is we actually sync it with the tempo and come in to our next song 
like from cool yeah that yeah yeah coming so in. for example so, for for bonkers because it was in the same key and a relatively same tempo we transitioned from bonkers straight into the start of mars which was sweet, uh, sweet. pretty sick yeah but like that whole hype generation thing really can set a show yeah on. like sure. you can hit the ground sprinting yeah and yeah. even even though we did have a lot of tech errors in the that recent gig we just did when we opened with bonkers we the main thing people were talking about after the show was like yeah you guys fucking made a made an impact when you walked on stage mm, mm, for sure is, yeah which is something that we want to keep doing and if that's the way we can keep doing it then we're gonna yeah, yeah. milk it the only thing can. is I, i'm surprised that joel you didn't wear your white um circle glasses with the leopard print <laughs> Like that would have just completed the outfit, like oh, so maybe even more fire on the on the crowd. But yeah, you had, you had so I ones, I had I had different glasses. So I've actually okay, got two yeah. pairs of those white <laughs> yeah. ones, except one of them's red. So it's the same oh, style, but it's just right. come on, man. Don't, and David, don't just, give this man fashion uh, advice. He knows what he's doing. Right? <laughs> yeah, clearly, and I was just clearly. feeling red on the night, so I was just like, you know. It's a good change from your usual white, so <laughs> yeah, yeah maybe job, the white will make an appearance in the next show. Good like. job, For sure. Good keep job, him man. keen, keep him keen, keep him guessing. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, you've been you've been great hosts and definitely given us some cool insights great into low your great new guess. single. Did I say hosts? Yes. Oh, we're getting into a bad habit as soon. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> you guys have been great guests. Thank um, you. We've been the hosts, um, but yeah, th thanks so much. And to finish off, we've got one question, which Joel's already answered once before. But oh, he's gonna no, have to do he's going to go. What's and this, the last question is just um, during the, because we started this podcast um, right in the, the midst of the beginning mm -hmm. of the COVID season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we've been asking every act who comes on here about if they have any advice for other artists or just people in general, just like your lay people out there listening about how to either be more productive, be more kind to themselves, whether it's to do with their mental well-being, whether it's to do with their art, whether it's to do with their output of anything. Do you have any advice, any yeah. things that you guys have learnt during this period of isolation, yeah. quarantine? Def definitely yeah. do your best to try and stay connected with a network of people because mm. like from, by definition, isolation means, you know, you know, some people can easily start to feel alone, can feel disconnected. Yeah. Um, whether it is just something in terms of emotional support or productivity or things like that, they all kind of circle back to staying connected, you know, even though our normal social means of communication have been interrupted by said pandemic. But yeah. Um, yeah. do you agree? Like, I think, because like, for example, if Joel and I, Joel and I already are a bit of a struggle enough in terms of communication because he lives in, about an hour away from where I live. So right. a lot of bands don't mm. have to deal with that much of a distance, but we have, we've overcome that hurdle pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like these things on top of that in terms of social restrictions and stuff were extra hurdles mm. that we had to jump over. And I feel like if we didn't jump over them correctly, like we did, it would have been a bit more of a struggle to keep tunnel vision flowing through, through said pandemic. What do you reckon? I agree. I agree for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I've already answered this question, but uh, I'll answer it again for, for all the viewers, but, well, sorry, not viewers, the listeners, but yeah, um, I think just, you know, staying connected with your friends is the most important thing and just checking in on them and, 
making sure everything's all good and just asking the simple mm. questions mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Nice. Thanks, guys. That's that's some good stuff. Guys, if you're listening out there and you haven't seen your mates for a while, give them a call. I know it's it's mm-hmm. 2020. We don't, we don't get on the phone as much as we used to, but um, it's something that I've definitely been doing during this period. And I think it's more at a coincidence than anything else, but just getting on the phone and having a chat, which you might think like, I, I remember a few times where I've called up people just to see how they're going, thinking a bit like a 10 minute chat. And then, you know, two hours later, yeah. we're getting off the phone and it's just like, wow, that was an awesome conversation. And it actually used my time well. And I'm feeling good after that. So yeah, thanks guys. That's a, that's some good advice. David, have you got anything to say before we wrap up this bad boy? I actually do. And we missed out before this last question. Okay. We, we usually my ask, bad. but do we have, can you guys give us any snippets oh, true. or, or um, yeah, yeah. Snippets or any tan exclusive information about tunnel vision drops that are coming in the near future all i can say is that all i can say is that new year is looking very very good in terms of releases um uh, statistically speaking bands tend to do better with the releases at the start of new years because that's when everyone comes kind of comes back from holidays and is like all right you know new year what do we got what's going to be the story for this year so just quote unquote Let's say hypothetically, we decided to follow that theory. Okay, hypothetically, yeah. Hypothetically, we decided to follow <laughs> that theory. There could be some interesting stuff sooner than nice. you think. But I don't want to give too much away. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> of course, this is all hypothetically. We're yeah, talking yeah. Here, so it, yeah, it yeah, might, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just theoretically, <laughs> there could be something coming out in the new year, but um, I, I'm theoretically looking forward to that, um, <laughs> as I'm sure so are the people listening to this. So, guys, Same. David, have I forgotten anything else? Um, No, I think that's it. I want to yeah. add a bonus. This is just for the fans. Um, okay. What's your favorite color, guys? <laughs> uh, my favorite color is blue, and my favorite is orange and what Sick. was your favorite childhood book yes yeah. and you can't say goldilocks and the three bears because that's my favorite mine and so you that's... can't say 50 shades of gray because that was my favorite <laughs> your favorite child's book <laughs> um, yes yes man what was yours um the rainbow fish i was gonna ask i was the rainbow fish is the top three for me what oh, else? Look at these guys hungry hungry caterpillar goes off yes oh yeah um, yes it oh, does yeah. what else was there I didn't do a lot of reading as a child. I I, I picked up reading <laughs> only a cu- past couple of years ago. Um, right. Is that when you read the Rainbow Fish? That is when I read the Rainbow <laughs> Fish. He read Four <laughs> Shades of Grey. I read I read I read Rain, Rain the Rainbow uh, Fish first and was like, oh, that was pretty cool. And then I immediately transferred into Fifty Shades of Grey and was like, oh, it's even better. It's quite a, a smooth small transition. Jump. Yeah. Small jump, but you know, small <laughs> jump. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Well, Joel, Mitch, thank you so much for coming on the Artist Notepad. You've been wonderful guests, as we we are the hosts. You are the guests. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Go stream their new single. Can they, anywhere that they can find it in particular, or is it just on all streaming services? It's on all streaming services, but uh, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, You can get on YouTube these days. YouTube Music, Amazon, Amazon, the world's crazy title. Google Everywhere. Play. What else? What's some other? MySpace. MySpace. Yep. yep sure. Uh, I think it's on there. Pornhub. Probably. Um, Pornhub. 
What else? Speaking of Pornhub, is there a music video coming for this one? <laughs> um, it's kind of hard with uh, things like that during during COVID because there's a lot of um, for sure social distancing. There's a lot of social distancing involved. There's a lot of regulations we have to mm. follow. But hopefully, if we can make something work, we'll we'll, we'll do our best. Citizens. But definitely, yeah, yeah. we'll we we'll got to play within that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Awesome, guys. Well, yeah, thanks so much. Go go check out um, Low, the new single on all streaming services and other illicit websites. Um, <laughs> and yeah, check out when's the gig on, guys? What, what day is the gig on? Uh, it's, well, today recording this is Saturday. So we've got our gig at Lazy Bones on Tuesday, the 27th. Um, nice. So yeah, and there's still tickets still left for that? for that? Yeah, we got tickets left for that. Um, it's going to be nice. Um, for those who haven't been to Lazy Bones before, it's an... It's it's a one of a kind venue, like the, yeah, the way sure. it's decorated nice. and the way it's pre- presented. Um, it's got Very its own smooth. vibe that you can't really get from another venue, so it's worth it to check out the gig there. And also, you get a free pizza with your ticket purchase, so that's Th- all. This is very true. Is you guys should have started with that. Come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, that slipped my mind. I was waiting for it. That's yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, get your pizza, get your gig, and get out the house during this season. Be careful, though. Wear, wear a mask to and fro, but enjoy enjoy some um yeah some res- distraction um and some tune some energy in the room um yes anything else to promote i think we covered it all new single show coming up single, uh, hypothetical gig, release new years <laughs> <laughs> that is all thanks so much for you guys coming on the show Thank it's been you. another thanks for episode is that all david that has been all thanks for tuning in for another episode of I said the that. Artist Notepads Artistry Series. <laughs> oh, jokes. I was going to say, <laughs> see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace. Peace. Bye-bye.